Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, we're privileged to talk with my friend and guest, Joy Dombrow. In this episode, we'll chat about the essentials for mamas, much like our own school supply list, explore why we should create a quiet mom corner, and you'll hear how my light bulb moment around doing the dishes created more peace with my kids. This is episode 43. Here we go. Well, thank you, Joy, for sharing with us today. I am just so happy to have you back, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in this week. So Joy is a friend and she's been our guest before. She's a wife and a mama of two and she's a teacher. And yeah, we're just happy to have you, Joy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I had a blast last time we got to chat. So this is fun to do again. Yeah. So I just thought it'd be fun to hear just kind of over the course of the summer, just some of the adventures or vacation highlights that you and your family have had. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Well, now that my kids are teenagers, it's more about facilitating their adventures. Uh-huh. So uh, uh, my daughter has been to San Francisco to serve the poor, Indiana, Chicago, and Las Vegas on a basketball showcase tour, and otherwise they're boating or rock jumping or hiking. <laughs> uh, but for me, um, we've had three weddings in three weeks, and... That was part of our adventure. Mm-hmm. And then we also adopted a rescue dog at the beginning of the summer. So every day with him has been a new adventure. <laughs> so it's pretty much been facilitating things for my kids um, up to this point. That's awesome. So I just thought also you could start by just sharing a little bit about how it's been to balance working as a teacher with motherhood and gearing back up for school, like now that the summer is winding down, you know, the challenges or the joys too. Yes. Um, You know, it's different for me now that I've returned to work. Um, I got to stay home with my kids. It was such a privilege for 17 years. And I got to be present at every event, take um, all the back-to-school pictures, volunteer in the classroom, deliver a forgotten lunch, take and pick up my kids from school. And back-to-school meant something different for me. It meant that I had more time to myself, (laughs) read up some things. But now that I'm back to teaching, it's something different and it it's a little more stressful going back and I have to miss some of those moments. I'm thankful that I get the same uh, breaks and vacations that my children do. And so right now um, in the summer, we're doing our back to school clothes shopping and I'm filling out all the paperwork and scheduling in the calendar. So mm-hmm. I'm grateful for this kind of calm before the storm for sure. Yeah, totally. I know I can imagine, I remember just the burden and the kind of workload that teaching involves, like when I did that years ago. And I, I'm amazed at people who can do it all. I just like, that's, that's admirable. There's so much that goes into preparing for, especially an emotional job like that, in the sense of like really wanting to build relationships with your students and parents and all the staff and I don't know. So that's, I mean, hats off to you because that's like, that's amazing. And you get to impact those kids' lives and your own. But yeah, it must be a little tiring by the end of the day to feel like, oh, now I have to come up. <laughs> Pretty exhausting. I'm thankful that both my kids drive. That takes a lot of pressure off of things. So yes. it's good. Yes, that's awesome. Well, today we're going to do 
little mini series, start a little mini series on the ABCs for mamas. And so close to school starting back up again, I thought it would be fun to get back to the basics for us too. So I want to explore what things we need to be focusing on as mamas as we embark on another school year. And I just, I do love the beginning a new beginning that the fall season brings. I'm a huge fan of like New Year's resolutions and goal setting. And I've heard it said by one of my favorite authors and podcasters, Gretchen Rubin, that September is like another January. Um, Do you find this to be true, Joy? Like, do you, do you enjoy the new beginnings of September? Oh my goodness. I do. I, once a teacher nerd, always a teacher nerd. (laughs) Um, Even, even when I wasn't teaching, I loved all the back to school and, I would even think about plans, lesson plans and mm-hmm. things like that, even when I wasn't teaching. But um, it's true. It, I feel like the actual new year starts when school starts up again. Um, I love the seasonalness of school and yeah. at each significant transition point, like at the beginning of school or the return from winter break or the end of school. I feel like it's an opportunity to leave the old me behind and yes. recreate myself to set new goals, to learn new things, to explore new opportunities. And there's just a freshness for teachers and students and moms for the beginning of a new school year. I love it. I know. I totally agree. I just have these memories, especially when I was a kid and and even in high school of just getting new binders and new school supplies. Like I love how they snap and click and it's just everything's fresh (laughs) and good to go. Like by the end of the year, your binder's kind of falling apart and it's kind of, you know, the backpack's getting really worn out. <laughs> so, New lunch boxes at the beginning of the year versus the nasty ones at the end of the year oh, or yeah. backpacks, right? Yep, <laughs> totally. My girls' backpacks by the end of last year were not looking pretty. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> Fun to just throw them away. Oh, yeah, I did. So for me, the kind of stage we're at is we've got our two-year-old little boy and a six-year-old and a seven-year-old, which means first and second grade, which I can't believe. Oh my goodness. Um, so that's kind of what my fall is shaping up to be. And for you, just remind everyone again, like the ages of your kids. So heading into the fall, like where are they going to be at? Yep. So my son is 19. And so he will be uh, doing his second year of college. Um, but he lives here at home at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my daughter is 16 and she will be a junior in high school so yes lots of paperwork to fill out lots of checks to write Mm -hmm. Um, yes we'll be facing yep yeah so let's just dive into the essentials kind of the school supply of sorts that will help us as moms be prepared to have a successful year with our kids kind of no matter what age now granted older kids it's like totally different kind of specifics that we could get into, but we're going to hopefully cover the gamut because we've got such a variety of ages amongst our two families. But so schools, like you said earlier, will send home these supply lists, like here's everything you need for this year. And when they're young, like my kid's age, it's more like things like glue and scissors and crayons. And as they get older, it's more like binders and pens and pencils and calculators and all that kind of thing. Of course, with that, I don't know, with phones, maybe people, if they're allowed to use their phones, I don't really know in high schools anymore if they even use calculators as much but yeah yeah no they they can bring their phones but they typically don't use them for calculators they have to have graphing calculators oh graphing yes okay well that hasn't changed then we I remember that from years ago so for us mamas what are some literal items we should have in our toolkit like things to help us stay calm <laughs> to walk in joy and to create healthy structure and routines to our days with our children well these are ones that I have found very helpful. 
for me. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost is my Bible and a journal, just to have that quiet time and to ground and center myself. My second one is a blardigan. Have you ever heard oh. of a blardigan? No, I have not. <laughs> it is from Nordstrom, and it is a term coined by a different blogger. Uh-huh. And it is part blanket, part cardigan. Oh. So you can use it like a robe, but it's awfully cute. So you can actually go out, like to the grocery store or whatever, and it's super soft. I love it. And then number three is essential oil diffuser or a candle to create those moments for me, either in my classroom or at home when I'm having my quiet time. The fourth one I put is uh, a special warm drink and for me, a travel mug. I yep. my coffee to work with me. The fifth one for me is a little more technical. Uh, it would be iCal, which is just the online calendar that we share as a family so we can invite each other to things and it keeps all of our lives straight. Yeah. And then also an Apple Watch. I did not think I needed an Apple Watch. And my husband bought me one and I was kind of mad because he spent too much money (laughs) for that. Um, And I was going to take it back. But it has been amazing as a teacher because I can't be on my phone all the time. Just, yeah, I use it for like timing the kids on their math test. I use it for when I get an alert from another teacher. I use it for when my husband needs me for something. Um, My Apple Watch, I definitely have needed that. Also, having a family for those with older kids, having a family group text where it's like the whole Dombrow team is on the same text message group so we can communicate, Mm -hmm. as well as find my friends so that I know where my children are at all times. Mm -hmm. Number seven is a crock pot or an Instapot. Those busy days, if I can think about what to cook at the beginning of the day, even if it's a Saturday or Sunday, then I'm not stressing out at the end of the day, and even when my kids were little, that bewitching hour of four or five o'clock when you're supposed to be cooking dinner, but everybody's melting down and tired and, or you're helping them with their homework or whatever it is. It's just so nice to have dinner cooking. Uh, Number eight for me is Fred Meyer Clicklist. That's just the grocery store we have here. And it happens to be next to my school, but I think like Safeway and other grocery stores have it where you can just order online and then just drive up and they bring out your groceries to you and it doesn't cost very much I think it's like five dollars for me totally worth it oh yeah that sounds amazing Betsy one of my friends talked about this on an episode she was on about friendship and she was like grocery pickup (laughs) it's like the best thing ever oh it is the best thing ever I hate to grocery shop and I'm so tired at the end of the day anyway and yeah have it put in my car is amazing Number nine, and this was before my kids could drive, but when you have younger kids, is having a carpool buddy, sports events or church events or whatever, so that I'm not having to do all that driving alone. It's Mm -hmm. kind of nice to partner up with someone. And then my last one, um, number 10, is earplugs so Mm. that I can go to bed early. Yes. Because I wake up early. I need to go to bed early and just drown out all the noise and get a good night's sleep. So. I'm a huge fan of earplugs. Yes, I love that. Really? Yeah, I don't, I haven't used them recently. I think it's because the whole season of having our little boy being so young, we would need to get up if he cried in the night and all that. But we're definitely out of that phase and he's sleeping just fine. I could probably go back to using them. That is such a good encouragement because (laughs) I just, I hear every little noise and sometimes it just, it keeps me awake longer than I need to be. (laughs) 
And oh. mamas need their sleep. I always say that if I don't get my sleep, I, I end up sinning. I even yes. think about saying or doing something. So it's like my number one spiritual discipline yeah. is sleep. I know. No, that's so good. <laughs> All right. So what are your top 10 essentials? Well, mine includes some similar things as yours. So I love my planner. It doesn't have to be a particular kind. Just I try to find a good, fun, designed one every year, like just... Um, and then a favorite pen, like I just, I like buying nice pens to write in um, my planner and journal and stuff. And that's leading to the next one, which is a journal. And same as you, I love to just be able to reflect either, a lot of times it's more the end of the day at this stage where like season I'm in right now. And I don't do it as often as I would like because of just, I don't know, different factors. More like at the end of the day, I think I'm just pretty tired. Yes. But I love journaling. I'd like to do it a little bit more again. It helps me process. It helps me kind of unwind and get things out on paper. And even if I write out a prayer, it's just so helpful to kind of put words and just look at the words on the piece of paper and then pray that prayer, at least for me. So um, the fourth one would be, of course, my Bible, like what you said. And and then another one is just a great devotional. So I have mm. a couple of really f- favorite ones, but my all-time favorite, probably it's a classic, is My Utmost for His Highest um, by Oswald oh, Chambers. So good. It's so good. It's kind of the ones like, so good. they kind of hit you right between the eyes like, whoa, <laughs> that was powerful. Yes. And I, I love his words. And I have one that's a little bit updated language. So it's not quite so, what's the right word? Just the older language is sometimes hard to sort through, like the flowery language. But yes. this is like an updated it says the same thing, but in a way that's a little easier to yeah. process quickly. And then, yeah, I try to carve out like a quiet spot and I'm just going to advocate all of us do that, but just a little mom corner of sorts where you can go and be still and just find a spot in your house that's the most quiet, especially in the mornings. A lot of times for me, it's the morning and it's just our couch downstairs near the fire. Mm. And then another essential for me is just workout clothes, just to keep... <laughs> keep myself active throughout the week, which is a huge major stress reliever for me. Like if I didn't work out, I would be the grouchiest person (laughs) Um, because it just helps you just get out some of that tension that you might not even realize you're carrying, you know? And then the next one would be just any kind of face mask or a bath balm or something that's just helps you relax and kind of like therapy at the end of the day, depending you know, depending on what season you're with kids, like, I don't know, that's just seems really helpful to me right now. And then coffee or tea from my favorite Starbucks mug, which is from Switzerland, because I just love it. It's got the greatest pictures on it. And it's such good memories from our trip. And the last one is a good foam roller for stretching and rolling, you know, so you Mm. can like relieve all that muscle pain. And I tend to get back pain and my back's kind of messed up. So I'm supposed to do these stretches every day. And it's, if I keep it out in my closet where I can see it, I do it yes. way more often. If it's tucked away, like I had it upstairs for a while, I never used it. So I was like, why do I have it hidden away in this closet? So I have it downstairs in my clothes closet. So I actually use it. But those Good for you. Yeah. Those are some of my essentials. And I feel like we could just dive a little bit deeper. I'd love to hear in some, like for some of yours that you just shared, what these things do for you, like why they're important for our mental and emotional and spiritual and physical health. Sure. What do you think? Sure. Well, I think all of those, all of the ones that we've both mentioned, the bottom line is they relieve stress for us Yeah. at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. Either by centering me, whether it's, you know, essential oil or my Bible and journal or my 
one drink yep. or if it keeps me organized, you know, like our planners and mm-hmm. calendars or if it takes something that we don't like to do off of our list, yep. like, you know, me going to the grocery store and doing the grocery delivery thing or, or even just gifting ourselves throughout the busy day, just mm-hmm. taking those little moments. Um, and reminding ourselves that every day is a gift and nothing is an emergency. Mm-hmm. Every day can be lovely if we choose for it to be and if we're intentional in that. So for me, all of those things help to bring a sense of calm and peace and to reduce stress in my life. I don't know if that's true for you as oh, well. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Because like a lot of those things you could almost group into like these things help my spiritual health and they're pretty obvious. But mm-hmm. like a lot of my items are like going to facilitate communication with God and like time spent with him. So I'm going to feel refreshed and I'm going to be able to lay all those burdens down, all the things that I tend to want to carry on my own shoulders, just lay those down and get those off of, you know, so I'm not carrying that around and heavy throughout the day. And then, yeah, for, for me, a lot of them have to do with, like you said, just a little kind of almost therapeutic, relaxing thing for a few moments. And none of these things, when you know what I love about both of our lists is that for for the most part, they're all so doable and just not even expensive. It's just these little things that kind of help help us to stay more calm and more grounded, like you said, and be able to handle, because the day always has so much. You can prepare and you can be proactive and you can do what you can to be prepared, but there's always the chance that something random or disappointing or hurtful or stressful will come and just like, boom, right in front of us. And so if we've you know, like if I haven't stretched and I haven't had, you know, coffee and prayed and done all these kind of essential things for me that really help, I will handle that so much worse, you know, in a worse manner than if I've like, my muscles aren't sore, you know, because I used the foam roller or like I laid on it and helped my back and I just won't be quite so irritable or tense if something like does legitimately come to like challenge me or something that could put me in a bad mood is less likely to throw me off my game because yeah. exactly exactly and what I love about um, encouraging us to make these kinds of lists is that it's so easy to forget about ourselves when we're taking care of other people mm-hmm. and really because we take care of other people so much the things that we do can't always be long and involved <laughs> yes sometimes they just have to be momentary or a little bit of time stolen here and there and that's okay as long as we have planned for it, Mm -hmm. are intentional about doing it so that we can take care of the people that we love in our life. It's good. Yeah. So let's transition into kind of some intangible things. So the things we talked about are very like physical objects or things that we can have in our lives to kind of in our little toolkit, in our back to school toolkit. But what are some of those, you know, intangible things? I thought it'd be fun to, to talk about those. And the first one, there's seven that we had kind of talked about. The first one is embracing joy. The second one is offering forgiveness. Third one is praying for our kids. The fourth one is asking for wisdom. The fifth, focusing on our family goals. And the sixth one is being willing to ask for help and support. And the last one, number seven, is teaching, guiding, and loving our kids well. So I thought we could break these down a little bit. Now, this list is a tall order. Like, this is not saying we can accomplish these seven things and have these intangibles all the time at every moment of every day, because that's just probably not true. I mean, we're not perfect people, but we want to aim at these things. And I think if we're intentional about wanting these things and practicing these things, they'll become more of a habit. So they will be more likely to be 
our response when there's stress or our response when there's you know a challenge in parenting mm-hmm. so so these things don't always come easily to us i think it's hard in a world full of loud opinions and distractions <laughs> to buckle down and focus on our mission like our mission as a mom with our kids and our family there are just so many things out there to kind of sway us off course and even one degree matters in the end of our journey you know what I mean so if it's like one little thing it seems small it could really throw us off by the end so how do we cultivate these values and these things so one thing I think that's really important about embracing joy is that first one is just learning how to walk in the overflow of God's you know goodness and love and grace like I mentioned in episode 27 so that just means daily moment by moment noticing being aware of what might be trying to steal our joy, and then just embracing all that God wants to pour out on us so that it becomes, you know, in us, that bubbling over (laughs) spring of water that's totally from him. So we don't even have to strive. We just have to position ourselves and be aware and be intentional about like being in his presence so he can do that for us. Mm. And I love that revelation. I feel like it's like being like a light bulb I had a while back of just like, I'm striving a lot <laughs> for this, but mm. it's a real, it's a, it's a gift, but you just, you do have to put yourself in the right position. You know, yes. just stepping back, if we feel that frustration <laughs> or tension or even anger rising up in us, this happens to me all the time. I can feel something rising up and just go to our spot if we can, like if we've carved out that little quiet place in our homes, get on our knees for a moment in humility for, for just, you know, like I said, it just takes a moment and pour out our hearts to our father in heaven because he's always there and he's always listening and he's always ready to help. And I forget that sometimes. I think we all do, but yeah, I thought you could share about just what it means to offer forgiveness. That second one, you know, just dive deeper a little bit with what does it mean as yeah. moms to be willing to offer forgiveness to our kids and to ourselves? Oh, that's so good. And I love that you included both of those categories <laughs> to our kids and to ourselves, because as you mentioned, we're not perfect and um, we're all flawed, flawed mm-hmm. moms and kids. And we can't do everything perfectly in our relationships all the time. Yeah. And asking for and offering forgiveness ensures that we keep the relational pathways um, open and clear. So that forgiveness piece is so important. And when somebody has been hurt or offended, whether it's kids towards us or us towards the kids, um, the relationship is strained and Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel quite right. And I just was thinking about three things that forgiveness does for us. Um, One, it cleans the slate Mm -hmm. and it helps us to move forward. When we offer forgiveness to our kids, we can move forward in the relationship, which as adults is a little easier for us to do, but it also allows our kids to have a clean slate and Mm -hmm. to move forward. And some kids just have guiltier consciences than others, or they let things weigh on them and where it impacts them um, in their spirit Mm -hmm. and offering forgiveness to them um, is super important, but also asking forgiveness, modeling that for them as well, um, helps us to move forward in the relationship. And then secondly, forgiveness strengthens relational bonds, right? It's really powerful for a mom to get down on her knees and to say to her child, Nathan, what mommy did was wrong. Um, I'm so sorry. Will you please forgive me? And putting that power into their hands to practice that forgiveness. Yeah. um, is a beautiful thing for them. And I find that at least my kids embraced it very quickly. I even do it with my students. 
um, at school, I'll ask for their forgiveness at times. And Mm. um, it just brings us closer in that moment. And then certainly when our own children ask for forgiveness from us or from other people, um, it, it teaches them what healthy relationships look like and strengthens those bonds. And then forgiveness keeps us humble, Mm -hmm. right? Like when we have Mm -hmm. to ask for forgiveness or even when we offer forgiveness, there's a humility that comes with that. That's so important. Now, when we offer forgiveness for our kids, for the wrong um, choices that they have made, when we forgive them, it's not that we don't give them consequences, Mm -hmm. right? But we, allow those consequences to happen and then to be over and done with. We don't hold it over their head. We don't label them a certain way. We don't keep bringing it up um, or compare them to one another. We just let it go and we're able to move on from that. But as you mentioned, you know, we need to have that same kind of forgiveness for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Oftentimes it's way easier to do it for our children because they're cute. And we love them and they're sweet and they're five, you know, but when I look at my own life, a 40 something year old Mm -hmm. woman, at times it's, I feel like I should know better or I can't believe I did that. Or I carry around baggage and guilt um, that I let voices in my head that shouldn't be there that are telling me lies or trying to discourage me. Um, And often I don't leave what is over and done with in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, that I worry about maybe I've made a mistake or I beat myself up over it. And I think um, learning healthy self-talk mm-hmm. here is very important. We have to be aware of the conversations we are having with ourselves in our head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure that they are positive and helpful statements instead of condemning ones. Like, would I speak that way to a friend or, or would I be more forgiving to a friend um, in that moment. So it's hard to do, but makes for a much happier mom. And yeah. I think it sets a good example for our children when we can forgive ourselves as well. Yeah, that's so good. I completely, I completely agree. I think sometimes I am way harder on myself than I need to be. And that's something I am working on. Um, that's just my tendency and I have to really fight that. So part of the solution I have found over the last little while is to really let go of the notion of perfection in the sense that like just knowing that, you know, we as humans were flawed, like you said, and we're prone to fail and we need that grace and forgiveness every day, you know, from God and then need to extend that same grace to our kids and others and ourselves. Like um, in episode 35, I just had recently had talked about this because this is a big deal for me in the sense of I want to just do so well. It's like the desire to excel is really good, but that desire to be perfect and have no mistakes or flaws in a day, that's, that's can be pretty toxic. So our kids are definitely not going to be perfect, right? So clutching that ideal of perfection makes us more harsh and critical people. And I know that from personal experience just in my own life. So it's vital that we just let go and kind of unclench our hands from holding on to like, oh, I just, if I could just do this and, you know, that perfection, just let that go. I think that that helps us, first of all, relax and forgive way more freely. It's so true. And don't you find, I was a perfectionist before I came, became a teacher. And that was before I had kids. Mm -hmm. I was a preschool teacher and there's no way when you have children, like nothing's perfect ever. It's just not perfect. I'm so thankful that the Lord gave me kids because I would be obnoxious in my perfectionism (laughs) had they not 
<laughs> undone that for me. And mm-hmm. let me ask you this, Hannah. Are yeah. you a firstborn child? Oh, yes, I am. Yeah. You know what? Perfectionism, I am too. Yeah. And perfectionism is much more difficult for certain people than others, like definitely for firstborn, Mm -hmm. even if you're just like the firstborn girl (laughs) or if you're an only child. And then I think it's also hard for some people who have grown up in a chaotic environment um, as a child. They just want things structured and predictable Mm -hmm. and something that they can control. So they tend to desire that perfectionism. Or sometimes there's just some personalities that are just that way. It's a daily discipline to try and just let, like you said, just let things go. And really perfectionism is an unhealthy model for our children because yeah. they have to be able to think creatively outside the box. Yeah. They have to know that there's more than one than one right way to do things. And honestly, I know for me, I have to check my motive. Like, why do I want this to be perfect? Mm-hmm. Why do I want my children to be perfect? Why do I feel the need to be perfect? And oftentimes it's because of pride, because I want people to think my children are wonderful and that my parenting skills are great yes. and that I'm an amazing teacher and that I'm an amazing mom. And mm-hmm. so if I let that pride go, then they can like have jelly all over their face yes. and, you know, <laughs> run wild in the grocery store on occasion. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's totally happened to me many times. I have to really check my heart because it's like we're out somewhere and something doesn't go perfectly, of course, like that always happens and I have to just be like it's okay like I need to be humble here like this is just not even a big deal (laughs) you know what I mean right so good but it is a daily struggle okay so I'm interrupting myself mid-sentence but we are going to have to catch the rest of this conversation in next week's episode episode 44 again the abc's for mamas but it'll be part two with my friend joy we're gonna dive in deeper to all of those things we talked about like the seven things the intangibles that we as mamas also need in our kind of back to school toolkit and we're about to talk next about how to pray for our kids like specific strategies and ways beyond just some of the maybe the more obvious ones but just remembering that it can be an ongoing conversation with God all throughout the day. It doesn't necessarily have to be bound to 10 minutes in the morning or an hour here. You know what I mean? Sometimes we get really rigid and a little bit locked into like what it has to look like, but we are supposed to do this all the time. So it can look kind of different. It can be just more ongoing. So we'll dive into strategies and more tips for you about how to really walk in joy this year and to embrace all the good things that God wants to give us as mamas and how to make sure to position ourselves so that we can receive these things and then walk confidently in them. Okay, so I'm really excited for you to hear next week. I am hoping that already you've had some really good takeaways from today's episode and some encouragement. Okay, so I am just so grateful for you listening and so grateful for my friend joy who's sharing her wonderful wisdom with us again that will wrap up this week's episode of sunday afternoon mama be sure to tune in next week for the rest of the conversation and please if you enjoy this podcast tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too good old-fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news come visit sundayafternoonmama.com and follow me on instagram and facebook i'll be back with you next week in the meantime i'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.